Can somebody please name one thing that Kevin McCarthy has done to actually help Republicans since he was elected speaker? And look, I'm not saying therefore he should be ousted. I'm going to make the case. I'm going to present both sides here. But just name one thing. All these people are acting like Kevin McCarthy is the greatest thing since sliced bread. What has he actually done? He re- he released the January 6th tapes. That's it, okay? And by the way, he was forced to do that by the Freedom Caucus. And even that, he only released it to Tucker Carlson. He promised, he pledged to release the January 6th tapes to the public. We're still waiting for those tapes. We're never going to get those tapes. And he did that under the pressure of the Freedom Caucus. But that's it, okay? Increasing the debt, raising the debt ceiling, more government spending. Like, what has McCarthy done that another speaker would not have done? And maybe they'll do even better. So just think about that. Look, I'm going to present both sides and I'll let you decide whether you support Kevin McCarthy, you support Matt Gates. Obviously, Kevin McCarthy has been ousted. Obviously, the motion to vacate that vote did succeed, mostly because of the Democrats, Matt Gates, and there were, I guess, seven Republicans who voted in favor, plus the Democrats. But remember, just all those people who say that, how can we do this? This is a bad move. This is only hurting Republicans, perhaps. But remember, McCarthy made a deal. McCarthy made these pledges. He broke the pledges. He broke his promise. Everybody agrees. This is not something that, like, is disputed. Okay? McCarthy, he cut a deal with the conservatives of the House Freedom Caucus. That was the only way they would allow him in. He made a bunch of concessions, and then he broke those promises. He broke those pledges. He broke those concessions. So... Uh, everyone arguing, defending McCarthy, you want to say he had no choice. You want to say he can't build a consensus, so he has to cut a deal with the Democrats. He had to break his budget. Well, he couldn't shut down the government. We'll get into all of that. But remember, he, he knew that this was a risk because you made the promise and he allowed there to be that, that a motion to vacate only requires one congressman, which happened to have been. Might get Matt Gates. So these people who are saying that somehow Matt Gates did something that's off the rails and did something terrible and like blaming like McCarthy brought this on himself in the sense that he made a deal. He broke the deal. And this was going to be the consequence. All this this stuff was arranged in January. So you give me excuses and he had no choice. But it basically reneging on your pledge, you know, retracting on your promises in Washington, D.C., that is acceptable. okay? and if somebody holds you accountable and says you have to keep your word or else you're going to suffer the consequences, then suddenly they're the bad guy. And McCarthy agreed. Everybody's saying, how can one congressman, one congressman uh, declare a motion to vacate? Like, how can one congressman be? down, bring down an, a, a speaker that the majority elected. Well, we said at the time it come, come back to bite him, but McCarthy agreed to that rule. Nobody forced him to agree to that rule. I know there was no other choice. So very interesting. Welcome to the Yaakov M. Show on the VIN News podcast on Yeshiva International, on Nucky Radio, and uh, many other podcasting platforms. Send me an email, josh at vinnews.com, josh at vinnews.com. We are going to get to the other news of the day. President Biden is building a border wall. You can't make this stuff up. And he's doing it without congressional approval. Biden is building a border wall. I'm not kidding. Now, didn't Nancy Pelosi say that a border wall is immoral and ineffective? We'll get to that coming up. Mayor Eric Adams is in Mexico. Mayor Eric Adams, New York City mayor, is visiting Latin America trying to beg migrants. Well, not they're not migrants yet, but beg illegal. They're not illegal yet, but beg future illegals not to come to New York City. Listen, let me just say this to Mayor Eric Adams. Stay in New York. Don't go to Israel. Don't go to Latin America. Don't beg these people. Obviously, the flyers didn't work. It seems that the flyers that they put up at the border in Spanish saying, don't go to New York City. We know they're telling you it's Disney World. We know they're telling you that you're going to have tons of free stuff in New York City, but it's not true. Well, I have news for you. It is true. And Adams is literally down there in Latin America trying to explain to them it's not true. So we will get to that coming up. According, there's a stunning new poll from the Washington Post 
that shows President Trump crushing Joe Biden. Uh, and, and get this, the Washington Post says the poll is probably an anomaly. It's an outlier. You can't make this stuff up. The Washington Post, this is their own poll. This is their own poll. They're discrediting their own poll, saying, nah, and, and it's, it's probably not accurate because it shows that Trump is beating Biden by like 10 points. All right, so here are going to be the questions that we address here. Number one, why did Matt Gates push out McCarthy? What pledges did McCarthy, and we won't get into the weeds, of course, but what did McCarthy retract on that he promised he was going to do? Number two, uh, what are the two different sides here. In other words, what what's McCarthy's position? What, th- those people who are defending McCarthy, a lot of Republicans uh, voted not to vacate McCarthy. So what are they? Wh- what's their rationale? Number three, is that we're up to number three? What are, who are the other options here? Who's going to be the new speaker? And how long is it going to take? It might be a while. Remember how long it took to get the first speaker and, and put, put into place, Kevin McCarthy. And number four, why did the Democrats actually vote to push out McCarthy? Because they might end up with somebody more conservative. McCarthy, as I said, he was working with the Democrats. He actually did a lot of Democrat bidding. So why? And I know some of you are saying, no, you see this, you see that McCarthy, he's not somebody who was swinging toward the Democrats. He's not somebody who was supporting these Democrat initiatives. I, I, he wasn't pro-spending. I don't believe that. I, had, I think the Democrats had ulterior motives for pushing out McCarthy, as I'm going to explain. Like I said, we'll also get to the other news of the day. So let me just start like this, okay? Nancy Pelosi, what what did Kevin McCarthy do wrong? Everybody wants to know, what did Kevin McCarthy do wrong? It's not about what he did wrong. And like I said, he broke a bunch of promises, as we'll explain. But it's not about that. It's about what he's not doing right. Okay, when the Speaker of the House has a lot of power and a lot of leverage, but you've got to use that leverage strategically. And that's what the failure was of Kevin McCarthy. The Republicans don't have control of the White House. They don't have control of the Senate. So the only thing they've got, other than obviously Supreme Court, the only thing they've got legislatively is the House. So they've got to use the House. You've got to use that leverage. You've got to fight. And and it, and it gets ugly. And it gets messy. And it, if need be, you got to shut down the government because things are totally out of whack, totally out of control. And all they have is the speakership and the majority in the House. And if you don't use that, you just cave in. You just fold like a cheap suit. Then you're going to give the Democrats everything that they want. And you're going to say, well, of course, they couldn't shut down the government. Yes, you can shut down the government. You should shut down the government. Nancy Pelosi, she used her position as speaker. She used it very strategically, very effectively. I despise Nancy Pelosi on so many levels, and I, I despise her policies. But she kept Ocasio in check, okay? She had the squad, the squad they were trying to do to her, what Matt Gates. and I'm not comparing, because the squad is evil and egregious. They're disgraceful. And Matt Gates is fighting for conservative causes, and he wants to cut spending and um, prevent the country from falling over the fiscal cliff here and literally just going down the abyss. I'm not comparing the two, but... AOC tried to undermine Pelosi every chance she got, and Pelosi kept her in check. And Pelosi, one thing Democrats do is they vote as a caucus. They vote unanimously. They don't have this kind of infighting and discord that the, the Republicans have. We can get into good, bad, well, it's Gates' fault, it's McCarthy's fault. Nancy Pelosi knew how to keep her people in check, okay? She she knew, and she had the leverage. She got her vote. Number one, she kept the Democrat vote uh, votes unanimous. For the most part, they followed her lead, or she made sure she had the votes. And number two, she used her position to put pressure on Trump, put pressure on the other side, and get the things that she wanted, okay? So you could despise her like I do, but still respect the fact she knew how to use the speakership to get what she wanted. McCarthy didn't do any of that. He, did not, he just simply did not do that. That's number one. Number two, shutting down the government. It's so overrated that when they say that shutting down the government is a bad thing. Okay, number one, it's a hoax. Okay, now you tell me, well, it's not inherently bad, but it's bad media coverage because everyone's going to blame the Republicans. Oh, the Republicans shut down the government. This is terrible. And then somehow that's going to cause us to lose in November 2024. 
I don't know if it will or it won't, but number one, let's admit, shutting down the government is so overblown, it does nothing, okay? They shut down national parks, okay? people. Some people don't get their paychecks for a few weeks. Every, every major government agency remains running, remains functional. The government remains functional during a shutdown. The IRS, trust me, they're going to still collect your taxes, the FBI, the military, etc. So don't give me this to shutting down the government somehow. It, you, can't, it, you cannot do it. Trump did it for 30-something days, okay? The country survived. Now you tell me, yeah, but uh, the media is going to turn it into, well, then you've got to learn how to spin it the right way. You've, we've got to do a better job of communicating with the American people and not let the media, if the media is just going to decide to do that every time, well, we're going to make you guys look bad even though you're doing the right thing. Well, you've got to figure that out. You've got, you've got to have better messaging. I've, I've been saying this for years. You need to do a better job of PR than the mainstream, bogus mainstream media, the fake news media. So there are two choices here, okay? Number one, as a Republican, you can do the right thing. Or number two, you could just try to stay in power, okay? It's like, it's like pick your poison. Well, uh, if you do the right thing, then you're cutting spending, you're shutting down the government, you're going to have this messy, messy uh, fight, and th- that's gonna you're going to do the right thing because eventually you will possibly win and cut spending and rescue the country, but at what cost? Then we're going to lose. Then we're going to get blamed. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be divisive. So it's, those are their, how they look at it as their two choices. Either do the right thing and cut spending or uh, win re-election, stay in power because you make sure to do the nice and neat thing and not get your hands dirty and not have any fights and not shut down the government. Those are your two choices. It's a binary choice. Pick your poison. So those are, that's the debate here. Matt Gates is like, we've got to cut spending. This is insane. And Kevin McCarthy's like, we can't, we can't shut, the only way to cut spending is to shut down the government because the Democrats basically have all the leverage. So we have to just cave in, cut a deal with the Democrats and marginalize uh, like 117 Republicans who, uh, or what, what was it? It was like 90 Republicans who voted against the spending package, this stopgap spending measure. Do the right thing or just keep winning and stay in power even though you're doing the wrong thing. Those are your options. Kevin McCarthy said, we're not going to do the right thing. Essentially, that's what he said, because we have to stay in power. And yeah, I understand that have a long term, not a long term, we're going to stay in power. Eventually, we're going to cut spending. Eventually, we're going to lower taxes. We have to just stay in power long enough and eventually we have to keep caving in and eventually then we're going to have enough. Never happens. That day never comes. So you could tell me, no, he's really playing the long game and he's, and he's really trying to eventually get our wish list, and we're going to eventually cut spending and get to a normal state and balance the budget. That day is never going to come. And I understand he has the best intentions. I'm not sitting here trying to slam Kevin McCarthy and saying his intentions are. We don't know what his intentions are, but he may have the best intentions. It doesn't matter. Those are your two choices. And Matt Gates essentially said, enough is enough. We've got to do the right thing. And yeah, if it means that we uh, look bad because we have to shut down the government and the media is going to make us into monsters, even though we're the, we're the only we're the only normal ones in the room. We're the only adults in the room is, is is a few conservatives. So Congress keeps spending. It gets them reelected. You shut down the government. Everybody gets angry. You cut Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare. They all need to be cut. And everybody and, and stop funding to Ukraine because Ukraine needs the money so badly. I, you know, Zelensky, Zelensky needs a new, uh, new, new, new needs a new Porsche. I don't know. Needs a new Jaguar. So we got to send money to Ukraine. OK, but I literally know conservatives who are telling me, oh, my gosh, you cannot shut down the government. And, and, and even more than that, by the way, if you cut spending, then you don't get reelected, even by Republicans. I literally know Republicans, Republican voters who they say to me, listen, I want my congressman to bring in millions to my district and to spend money on us. You know, security, infrastructure, education, whatever. And what about what? But aren't you against big government? Yeah, I know I'm against big government, but here's the problem. They're spending so many trillions. Why don't I get my fair share? Why should my district be the only one that loses out? So you literally have Republicans who will not vote for a Republican conservative congressman because he's not bringing home the bacon, as they call it. He's not bringing home the money. He's not bringing us millions to our district. So and and by the way, what are you going to say when you run for the election? Hey, vote for me because I cut 
spending. I cut spending. Vote for me. I cut Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, government programs. So vote for me. Like, it doesn't work. You, you, you don't really – it's not a good messaging. I'm not saying they can't win. Rand Paul keeps winning, right? But that's the issue is that it's hard to win when all you do is try to cut spending and be one of the good – one of the few, very, very few – Good guys. By the way, uh, Congress is going to be fine without a speaker. The House, who knows when a new speaker is going to get reelected. It, it might happen soon, but it might take weeks, this whole process. Remember the last one? It, it took like 13 ballots. The House is going to be just fine. They have the committees intact. They have the investigations. I understand the impeachment inquiry. That was a big deal that McCarthy did. Uh, uh, other speakers would have done the same thing. Anybody would have done that, but... Uh, that was important, but that's already in process. So as far as there's going to be chaos, the media now, you know, they talk about a government shutdown and it's going to be chaotic and it's going to be a disaster. And it's all made up. The media makes this stuff up because they want to scare you. And it's literally done so that they can pass massive trillion dollar spending packages. Well, it's the same thing with the with the House, the House Speaker. Oh, no, House Speaker, it, like they want to terrify us. Well, how is the country going to function without a House Speaker? What has the House done? What has literally what has the House done? Forget the January 6th tapes. What has the House passed? Name one piece of significant legislation that the House passed this year, other than raising the debt ceiling, which wasn't even a good thing. Name something that the House has done. They don't do anything. Congress is totally gridlocked. They don't have the supermajority in the Senate. Nothing gets passed except for spending. So nothing gets done. Just realize this. Congress being off for weeks and months, not having a speaker, not having legislation. They are. They're, they're going to be able to pass bills without a speaker anyway, But I, I believe. But it, 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 they're worthless. Congress, Congress has done nothing this entire year. Okay? So don't act like there's some kind of, like, mayhem going on over here. All right. So what did McCarthy, what are the pledges that he broke? Number one, um, when he, you know, he raised the debt ceiling, he pledged to cut spending, and they didn't cut spending. It was a very minimal, they, like, froze spending. We have to understand something. Well, let's get to what he did first. Okay? So he raised the debt ceiling, and he did not cut spending. He basically pledged that he was not going to do that. But, all right, that's not maybe as clear-cut. But they froze spending at very, very high levels. Now, here's what you have to realize. We are at post-COVID spending levels. What happened was during COVID, and I'll blame Trump for this. Trump does not get a pass. The Republicans did this too. They, 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 they raised, they increased spending by trillions of dollars during the lockdowns. And we're still at those spending levels. This is what they do. They take a crisis. Rahm Emanuel said it, okay? He said the quiet part out loud, as they say, because this is what they all do. Never let a good crisis go to waste. So COVID's a crisis. They increase spending by trillions. And now they have never reduced it and reset it back to pre-COVID spending levels. COVID is long over, but we're still spending at COVID lockdown levels. It's inexcusable. It is inexcusable. And all the all the people like Matt Gates are saying, and I know I said I'm not choosing sides here. I'm literally trying to present both sides. Obviously, I have biases. Okay, obviously, I'm going to let my personal uh, opinions kind of seep in. It's it's impossible to avoid. So let's let's, let's just call call it what it is. But uh, and the, the the fact that we are still at COVID spending levels, which are trillions higher. We're, we're, there's a $2 trillion budget deficit. And, and Biden, he cut spending a little. Again, they had to because of COVID relief. So like he cut spending by a tiny mi- microscopic minuscule amount. Then he's, oh, I cut spending. We, I got as close to the balance. But you didn't cut spending. You took post-COVID level spending, which is insanely high, and you made it a tiny bit lower. And COVID is over. So it's, it's, it's total gaslighting. All right. But McCarthy, you know, he, um, he has not used his leverage. Like I said, he promised to release the January 6th tapes to the public and he did not do that. Well, you know, they have some kind of logic, some kind of excuse why they didn't do it. It could endanger the protesters or whatever. I don't know. Protesters are doing pretty badly as far as I can tell. Look at these people going to jail for five years, eight years, six years, 15 years. But uh, he didn't release those. He said he would and he didn't. Okay. He never happened. He pledged that. He pledged that he would remember this. He pledged that he would allow Congress 72 hours to read any bill before voting on that bill. Well, this stopgap measure, this continuing resolution spending uh, bill, 
Uh, they passed it within a few hours after it was put out. OK, they voted on it. So he reneged on that pledge to give 72 hours. He pledged to keep spending bills as 12 separate bills rather than one omnibus bill so that they, that members could vote on the good uh, good spending, but then shoot down the bad spending bills. And then he reneged on that. So basically, the Freedom Caucus said, listen, we know all the dirty tricks. We know all the sneaky, dirty tricks that you use in order to force us to vote on massive spending packages that we don't want to spend, we don't that we don't want to vote on and support. And we're going to neutralize those tricks. You cannot do those tricks. And then he did those tricks and he retracted on the pledge. And and Matt Gates said, but this is exactly why we um, forced you to make these concessions in the first place. And this is why we said one congressman can have a motion to vacate because they knew they wouldn't get however many 10, 20, 30, 40 congressmen to vote on a motion to, to, to vacate the speaker if he retracted because they never want to do that. So that was the brilliance of Matt Gates and the Freedom Caucus in the first place. And McCarthy literally brought this on himself. Again, you could say he had every reason in the world and he was justified and it's the best we've got. I keep hearing people say that. Listen, McCarthy's not great, but he's the best we're going to get. I don't know. Jim Jordan is now saying he wants to be the speaker. That would be qu- quite amazing if you ask me. But th- this notion about how like, well, how could you do this to McCarthy? All Matt Gates was doing was sticking with the game plan that Kevin McCarthy put into place. And that, that is not debatable, by the way. Nobody's debating that. So they use the, the, these dirty tricks. They force them to, war- to, 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 to vote on one omnibus package, spending package, right? So they put trillions in this thing and it includes defense and military and, uh, and of course, Ukraine. And then it includes uh, social programs and food stamps and Medicaid and Medicare and everything else, right? And they have to all, it's, it's up or down vote. It's all or nothing. And it's like if, if somebody, if Rand Paul votes against it, Rand Paul voted against defense. Do you believe Rand Paul voted against the military? He voted. We had the, this is one of the largest military budgets we've ever, by the way, military, they can't find $2 trillion that they just, that just went missing. They're accountants, okay? They don't deserve another dime until they um, identify where those funds went. But yeah, how can you be against Yaakov? How can you be against the military? It's the military. It's so important. I'm tired of this, that like we just give them endless money and like we don't have, there's no oversight. We have zero oversight. We have no idea where that money is going and that money they're admitting, $2 trillion. Forget all the waste, waste of money. We do know where it went, but then $2 trillion just disappeared. I, I have a funny feeling it's in Zelensky's bank account. But um, but, he, but but here's the thing. So it's like you, you vote against the spending bill, this omnibus Two, three, four trillion dollar spending package, and you don't like a lot of the stuff. Oh, but you voted against the military. Look, and and then like the opponents use that to primary them out of office. He, my opponent, voted against military funding because you tricked me, because you forced me, you squeezed. I have no other choice. And the seventy-two hours. Let me actually read the bill to see what's in the bill. No, 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 no. Just vote on the bill. You have three hours. It's a fourteen hundred page bill. Um, but uh, you you just just vote. Don't 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 read the don't read the bill. So he reneged on all these things. Okay. And the Freedom Caucus literally put those into place so that McCarthy could not use these tricks. He used these tricks, okay? But he had good reason. He needed to, he could, to avoid the government shutdown. Whatever reason you give me, I'm just telling you the fact. Those are the facts. He made a bunch of pledges, and he broke those pledges, and he agreed. If he had not agreed, if McCarthy doesn't agree that one member can move to vacate, then Matt Gates has no ability to vacate. That Kevin McCarthy put that into place. <laughs> All this stuff, these are just the facts. All these people are angry at Gates. This is a personal gripe. It's a personal gripe. All Matt Gates is doing is literally adhering to the deal that was put into place and agreed to by Kevin McCarthy. Now, you're the, so what's the defense of Kevin McCarthy? Sounds like a pretty strong argument. Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. But Newt Gingrich is annoyed because basically seven Republicans in Congress have overridden the majority. Seven con- seven Republican congressmen, 4% of Congress, Newt Gingrich keeps saying. And I, I've been a huge fan of Newt Gingrich. I've been a huge fan of Newt Gingrich forever. 
But 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 how is he now become? How has he become a defender of the swamp? How do you have Mark Levin? I know, like it's like Yaakov. Are you really sure about this? Because like Mark Levin, Newt Gingrich, these are really conservative people. Yaakov, you you must there must be something. I could just like ignore it and not talk about it. But look, I'm just I'm laying out the facts. Okay, I'd love somebody to explain to me. Listen, here's why Newt Gingrich is right and Matt Gates is wrong. Here's why Mark Levin is right. Levin says that, uh, and I'm a huge fan of Mark Levin. Levin says that Kevin McCarthy is more conservative than Matt Gates. <laughs> How do you say? And Kevin McCarthy, he's relatively conservative. Okay, I'm not sitting here saying that Kevin McCarthy is a rhino, but Kevin McCarthy is more conservative than Matt Gates. Like, sh- explain that to me. And then they're annoyed because, well, just seven congressmen can go and take away the will of the majority. Well, let me explain my response to that. Okay, that's called a coalition. Okay, when you have to have a coalition, you have to have a majority. That means that everyone, even a minority, even just a few people, yes, that you have to make everybody happy. And if a few people go off the rails and you lose a few people, then um, then you lose your majority, you lose your coalition. That's how it works in Israel, right? In Israel, we keep seeing these snap elections. Now Netanyahu's tightened up a, a, a nice solid majority, but for a long time it was such a slim majority. It's very very fragile. So, yeah, you've literally got to make everybody happy, and that's the system. So I don't know you, your problem with Matt Gates. That is the system. By the way, Pelosi has the same thing on the left. You know, she just had a bigger, little bit of a majority. So here's my question, okay? Let's say you have a group of five, six, seven congressmen, right? Let's say you're in Congress, right? And there's a group of seven of you who are like, oh, wow, this is crazy what's going on. Spending is out of control. Uh, This cannot go on. The whole Washington, D.C. is just dysfunctional. And this has to stop. Somebody has to stop this. But wait, we're only seven. Oh, wait a second. But if McCarthy loses us and we vote against him and move to vacate, then he's out of power and we can we we can actually get the right thing done. But wait a second. But there's only seven of us. Is it right for four percent? Well, what do you do if four percent are the only ones who are doing the right thing? I know it sounds a little like it, it, it almost sounds surreal, right? You're telling me only seven people in Congress in Congress actually are doing the right thing. Only Rand Paul in Senate, in the Senate, and, and Mike Lee, and only a bunch of, uh, you know, five or six or seven congressmen in, 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 in the House. So, but you're doing the right thing. You know it's the right thing because the, because everybody else is bankrupt in the country, really? But you're telling me that there are basically 400 members of Congress between Republicans and Democrats who are willing to send the country off of a cliff, bankrupt the future, mortgage the kids' future, like really, really, really wreck the country beyond all um, recognition, like, and there's just so few who actually want to do the right thing. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Okay, but I don't know. So, are you supposed to just sit by? Let's even assume, though, you, you could tell me. If you say, "Me, listen, I disagree with your premise." Okay, things are fine the way they are. Well, then, okay. But if you have a group of seven, uh, and they're only seven, they're four percent of Congress who are saying this is insanity. Somebody's got to stop this. We're the only. We're the lone voices of reason. And, and Newt Gingrich says, "Yeah, but you're supposed to sit there and let the rest of them bring uh, send the country down a cliff, okay, down the abyss, plummeting, plunging, hurtling toward the ground at eight thousand miles an hour." But that's what you're supposed to do. Now, Newt Gingrich also said he says Matt Gates betrayed the party. And he went to the other team. Okay, use the football analogy. Imagine if your player suddenly defected and went to the other team. So you got to get rid of the players. But that's what McCarthy did. Here's the irony. And here's where it's surreal. And and I know I'm like debating Newt Gingrich on conservative politics. And Newt Gingrich was like the poster boy. And I understand the country with America, the 1994 and all that. So I don't know what to say. Please, please leave me a voicemail. Send me an email, joshadvinnews.com, and, 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 and defend Newt Gingrich, defend Mark Levin. I almost want to be wrong in a, in, in a weird way. But McCarthy's the one who betrayed, who defected, and went over, went over to the Democrats. Not Matt Gates. Matt Gates only did it in response in response to McCarthy. When, only 90 Republicans, what was it, like 107, I don't know the exact numbers, but 90 Republicans voted against the 
Continuing resolution, the stopgap spending package. 90 Republicans and every Democrat voted in favor. So McCarthy pushed, and same thing happened with the debt ceiling hike. So McCarthy pushed forth a Democrat bill. Now you say to me, well, but what about Matt Gates? Matt Gates joined forces with Democrats to oust McCarthy. No, he did not. Matt Gates, he called for the motion to vacate. He had the right to do that, took, took, took one member to do that. He had no idea how the Democrats, he even said, Matt Gates, he's like, you know, for all I know, the Democrats are going to vote in favor of McCarthy because they probably like McCarthy because McCarthy cuts deals with them. We don't know. Matt Gates had no idea. It wasn't like Gates was in cahoots with the Democrats. I love this narrative that, oh, Matt Gates joined forces with the Democrats. No, he didn't. Matt Gates said, listen, I don't want Kevin McCarthy to be my speaker. As a Republican, McCarthy broke his pledges to me many times. And uh, and I don't think he's a good speaker. I want I, I want him out. Now, what the Democrats did is their own business, but it's not like Matt Gates, as far as anybody knows. Matt Gates didn't call the Democrats and say, hey, listen, I want to do this. Can we do this together? I don't know. Maybe maybe he did. I have not seen any report to that uh, to suggest that. And Matt Gates himself contradicted that. But on the other hand, uh, McCarthy, McCarthy actually did cut a deal with the Democrats before he put forth that stopgap spending bill that prompted this whole thing to prevent the government shutdown, he actually colluded with the Democrats. So how does Gingrich defend that? That 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 that, that McCarthy threw his own people under the bus. Ninety Republicans voted against this bill. McCarthy put forth a Democrat bill. It was a Democrat majority, basically, as much as you, Democrats as you have in the House, and the Democrats voted for it in the Senate, and Biden signed it. <laughs> it's like, oh, Matt Gates. He's colluding with the Democrats. He defected the uh, the other team. Can somebody like defend the, it? It's it, it's bizarre. I, it's bizarre world. I'm 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 seeing this and I'm hearing Newt Gingrich and I'm reading Newt Gingrich, and like, what am I missing? All right, now what's the other side? Now that we've gotten through all that, what is McCarthy's side? McCarthy's side is essentially this: it's not going to work. We have to do this. This is yeah, the long game. Eventually. We'll have control. We'll cut spending. I always hear that. I've been hearing that literally for 30 years, that eventually we're going to balance the budget. Eventually we're going to cut spending. Never going to happen. But um, that's McCarthy is, listen, if we shut down the government, that's just going to be disastrous for the Republicans. We're going to lose seats in 2024. We're going to lose our majority. The Senate is Democrat. We have no other choice. So, yes, I made promises, but I cannot keep those promises because we have no other choice. It's a very pragmatic, practical you know, uh, this is the only option that we have. You want to keep losing? Yes, this is bad. It's a terrible direction for the country. That's what they're saying. They're saying all this spending is out of control. All this borrowing, trillions of dollars, out of control. But the only way for us to win, we have to win. And we have to cave into our principles in order to win. Because if we win, then at least eventually we're going to get some some concessions. We'll get some of our principles fulfilled. It's going to take years. We have to be patient. But eventually, eventually, maybe it's going to happen. If we do it the Matt Gates way, then the media is going to make us look bad. And we're anyway going to cave in and it's not going to help. And Matt Gates is like, we have leverage. Shut the government down. Force the Democrats to suffer. Squeeze hard. And just don't fold like a cheap suit. Those are your two options. So... Basically, keep the government open, massive inflation. They're going to keep raising taxes. They're going to have to raise taxes because they can't they can't function like this or stick to your principles. Those are the only two options. All right. So who's going to be the next speaker? I think it may be McCarthy. Ken McCarthy says he's not putting in a bid. He doesn't want to run for speaker again. I think that eventually they're going to try others. They're going to fail. And I'm not predicting this. I have no idea. By the way, I did predict that the government was not going to shut down. So I get a little, you know, I have a little uh, leeway there in the uh, prediction uh, category here. But um, I have no idea who's going to be the next speaker, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's Kevin McCarthy. A lot of people saying, well, he says he's not going to. They could, trust me, if they put the right, you know, if they have the right conversation and they and they put the right structure in place where McCarthy and Gates and the Freedom Caucus can kind of all agree, I think McCarthy, there's still a shot here that McCarthy is because I do think that he can do things that really nobody else can do. And and I know I'm, I sound like I'm sending a bash at McCarthy. 
McCarthy's in an impossible spot. So I want to defend McCarthy for a moment. He's in an impossible spot. It's an impossible job because it's so hard to make everybody happy and still actually get legislation passed. So I get that. But I think he's got to make amends with uh, Gates. So I don't know. But I, but I, but I, I, I some people would be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. Jim Jordan, Steve Scalise would both be incredible. And, and, and there are people who are nominating President Trump. I literally think, you know, a lot of people don't realize this. You don't have to be a member of Congress to be the Speaker of the House. Anybody can be Speaker of the House. Maybe I'll get nominated. I don't know. It's the last thing I, you know, I, I like I would rather have my fingernails torn out than be Speaker of the House. But, um, you know, the, the people are saying it could be Trump. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it would be entertaining. I think it would be a little bit of a circus, but um, probably not. It'll probably be somebody from within Congress. Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise are two names being thrown out there. Now, Steve Scalise is a close friend of McCarthy. I think he would only do it if he got McCarthy's blessing. Steve Scalise, look, I could see that. He's got a lot of supporters in the House. Steve Scalise is conservative. Uh, it would be a difficult job for him. I think Steve Scalise would be a very, very successful Speaker of the House. Jim Jordan's interesting. I would be thrilled if Jim Jordan was Speaker of the House. Now, Jordan, could, could he have the votes with the moderates put, put in place Jim Jordan? He's got a lot of friends in Congress. He's been there a long time. Jim Jordan is very conservative. He's very conservative. He's a huge supporter of Trump. He despises the Bidens, despises the Clintons. He's very outspoken. I I, I would be, I, I, I like, celebrate, I would be dancing in the street if Jim Jordan was elected speaker. Now, it would not be easy for him, and here's why. Because Jim Jordan is a divisive figure. I respect that. I'm not saying that's a negative. Trump is a divisive figure. I support that. I like divisive figures because you need to be in order. Obviously, you can't cross certain lines, and maybe Trump does cross those lines. But uh, for the most part, you know, divisiveness is good because it means you have the courage to to tell the truth. And you don't just try to, you know, be, be friends with people and win at the expense of your sacrifice principles. Throw people under the bus. So, But the thing about Jim Jordan is, could he pull together a coalition where everybody's behind him? Speaker of the House usually is somebody who's, you know, considered a little bit more moderate. Pelosi was not. Pelosi was an extreme, but that was on the left. You know, in, in the Republican Party, it, it, it usually doesn't work that way for whatever reason. Now, Gingrich was the exception. So maybe Jim Jordan could be another new Gingrich. I, I don't know. I, I would, like I said, I think that would be incredible. But it, it's not what has happened. We had the John Boehners, right? Paul Ryan, <clears throat> who I know people call conservative. Paul Ryan was not terribly conservative. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But um, those are like the top kind of front runners are Jordan and Scalise. And McCarthy, I would still put in that mix. So we'll wait and see about that. Why did the Democrats <clears throat> vote to push out McCarthy? One reason. Look, who are they going to get? They're not going to get anybody who is more moderate than McCarthy. OK, if they end up with Steve Scalise, they end up with Jim Jordan. That doesn't help the Democrat cause, right? They did it because they want chaos, mayhem, plain and simple. The Democrats, yes, McCarthy's the best they're going to get for their own principles. But if they have a chance of creating more division, more ugliness, more infighting in the Republican Party, the Democrats are not going to pass that up. I would have done that if I were, if I were them. If if um, if there was a very, very moderate um, House speaker uh, on the Democrat side and I'm a Republican and they motion, they do, they, they, they put forth a motion to vacate, I would vote against the Democrat speaker, even if he's the best I'm going to get. And you say, well, how can you do that? You know, hurt your own principles like that. How can you go against I'm sorry. It's the other party. It's the opposing party. They're never in favor of your own principles. You need discord. Discord in the other party is always beneficial to us. Plain and simple. All right. Other news of the day. Wow. That went much longer than I expected. I hope, you know, hope it worked out well. I don't know. As 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 my son strolls in here. I don't know. Were you, were you listening? No, you, he didn't hear me. I don't know. Uh, he, he'd be sitting here telling me, listen, you got you to get through this stuff faster. But th this is a very important topic, which is why we spent time. I usually don't dive in, do a deep dive into the, any one topic for this long. So hope that you're Still awake. Wake up, everybody. Wake up. Next, next, uh, next issues of the day. Mayor Eric Adams. Did you hear about this? Uh, can I use your first name or we don't use your first name? No. Okay. Mr. M 
Okay, New York City Mayor Eric Adams is on a four-day trip. By the way, Milken, was that the name? Milken? Mitkin. Mitkin. I, I, you know, I, I, the other day I said that I may uh, one day uh, reveal my last name. And, and I got a call that left me a voicemail saying, we know your last name. Your last name is Mitkin. Was it Mitnick or Mitkin? Mitnick. Somebody left me a message. Did I tell you about this? Someone left me a message a few weeks ago. And he says, Yaakov Mitnick, Yaakov Mitnick, I know your last name. By the way, my last name is not Yaakov Mitnick, but uh, that, that's what he said. So now that, that, that has become my adopted last name is Mitnick. So he said, what do you mean you're going to reveal your last name? We know your last name, Mitnick. All right, Mayor Eric Adams is on a four-day trip to Latin America. You cannot make this stuff up. You heard about this? He's going to try to personally dissuade migrants from heading to New York City. Adams held a press conference. He's going to Mexico, Colombia, and Ecuador. And he's going to beg migrants. Few, now, they're not migrants. They're future migrants, future illegals. He's going to beg them not to not to go to New York City. He's not telling them not to come to the country, by the way. Just don't come to New York City. And he still says the border should remain open. Do your job, Mr. Mayor. Stay in New York City. You're a hideous mayor. Reduce crimes. Stop allowing illegals to infest and overrun your city. Here's what Adams said. He said, quote, we believe the border should remain open. But we've made it clear there should be a de- decompression strategy, a decompression strategy. But the border should be made open. By the way, Mayorkas and Biden are building a wall. We'll get to that momentarily. And Adams, he contradicted his chief advisor, Ingrid Lewis Martin, who recently was criticized for saying that the United States should actually close its southern border. So when you say the, the U.S. should close the southern border, you get contradicted by Adams and you get criticized by the New York City Council. Here's what Adams said. He said he's going to appear on local TV and radio stations and speak to newspapers in Latin America on a PR campaign telling people don't come to New York City and he's going to tell migrants. He's going to say, listen, don't believe this stuff you're hearing, these reports, that if you make it to New York City, you're going to be on easy street. I'm going to explain to them that I'm going to counter this message. It's on social media. There is there there is social media messaging. I want, Now, where could this have come from? How, why would there be so much, uh, like, so, 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 so many messages being spread on social media saying, oh, you make it to New York City and you're in Disney World. I mean, you are literally, the, it, it is the, you know, the, uh, the American dream. Living the American dream, the, the streets are paved with gold. <laughs> yeah, if you're, now, if you're legal in New York City, you're struggling big time, not to mention all the crime. But if you're illegal, the streets are, are paved with gold. Free healthcare, free schooling, free hotel, free food, everything's free. And, and I'm going to go down there. And say, don't believe it. I know you're seeing on Instagram, you're seeing all these amazing stories about illegals who come to New York City, but it isn't true. Don't come. And then he's giving them all this free stuff when they come. All right, the Biden administration <clears throat> is building a border, a border wall unilaterally. Now, build a wall. I, build the wall. That sounds familiar. That was There was a president who that was his big campaign slogan. That was like his big trademark slogan was build the wall. I don't think he was a Democrat. This is unbelievable. Can't make this up. Biden administration has waived 26, 26 federal laws, 26 federal laws in order to allow border wall construction on Wednesday. So they're using a broad sweeping unanimous executive power, the kind like Trump used in order to build a border wall. They're not doing it. They're not having a consensus. They're not doing it with the House, with Congress. They're doing it themselves. Homeland Security made this announcement. Listen to this. Alejandro Mayorkas, who the man should be impeached. The man should be put before a firing squad. Alexandra, Alejandro Mayorkas is He's evil. He's pure evil. So here's what he said, quote, there is presently. And you know why he's evil? Because you have kids dying because of fentanyl. You have kids being trafficked and smuggled across the border and being beaten. And they, they, they turn into slaves and all sorts of horrible things. Little children, innocent children. And they live in squalor. And then you have fentanyl overdoses and terrorists coming across the border. And Mayorkas sits there in Congress lying and saying, oh, everything's fine. The border's under control. The, the, the man, he literally is a really, really evil person. And that's not hyperbole. Here's what he said, quote, there's presently an acute and immediate need to construct physical barriers in the vicinity of the border in order to prevent unlawful entries into the United States. 
Now, doesn't that sound a lot like Trump's policy that they said was was horrible? This Trump's cruel. Remember Trump's cruel border policy? Mayorkas is like echoing that. And and remember Nancy Pelosi said, said that a border wall is immoral and ineffective. Well, gee, that's funny. I guess she should mention something about that to Mayorkas. Um, what's amazing is Biden's doing this unilaterally. You know, first of all, it's a major concession. Wait a second. Uh, guys, Trump was right. Build the wall. Remember we said build the wall was like the worst slogan ever. It's cruel. It's evil. Uh, it's immoral. Well, Biden now has become a Trump supporter. And number two, remember Trump did this. Trump was hijacking the government to suit his own agenda. Biden gets a pass. Biden, he waived he waived a bunch of federal laws in order to be able to build this wall. When when, when Trump used uh, executive power to divert funding to build a wall, oh, I mean, Trump was just this this bully, this evil bully who was um, hijacking the government for his own agenda. Well, what about Biden? No, he gets a pass. Um, speaking of the border, the United States has shattered yet another record. Let's pop the champagne. Uh, border Patrol experienced the highest number of border encounters ever in one single month. In the month of September, over 250,000, over 200, 200 and, over 260,000 migrant encounters at the border, large, highest single month ever recorded. Okay, so and they, they, they continue to shatter these. It's just unthinkable how many millions and millions of illegals are in the country and being supported by you and me. It, it's, it's, it's truly, it's, it's unfathomable. Um, okay, and me and Mexico, get this, Mexico has started to bus illegals from the southern Mexican border to the north, to the, U- to the U.S.-Mexico border. But what's happening in Mexico is their public transportation system is getting flooded with illegals. Illegals are coming across the southern border of Mexico from wherever, Guatemala, Honduras, whatever, Guatemala. And uh, the, the, then they're going, using public transportation to get north to get to the United States. So Mexico has decided it's just taking too much of a toll. So they're now busing. They have literally government buses taking illegals from the south of Mexico to the north so that they can go quickly get across to Texas and to Arizona to the United States border. You can't you can't make this stuff. It, it's just it's truly, truly it's so it's it's so disturbing. I, I, I don't know any words to describe it. And finally, Washington Post has disavowed and discredited its own poll which shows President Trump crushing Biden. So Trump not only is crushing DeSantis, Haley, Chris Christie, Mike Pence, and people on the Republican side, but now he's starting to hurt Biden. And that's according to this leftist poll. This is a Washington Post, ABC News poll. But don't worry, because the Washington Post says it's probably an anomaly. They downplayed their poll. This shows Trump leading Biden by 10 points, uh, 52% to 42% in a hypothetical general election matchup. So the Washington Post says that there are a lot of polls that show that the race is closer than this poll shows. So this one's clearly an anomaly. Don't worry, Trump is not beating Biden by double digits. Here's a quote from the Washington Post, quote, the post-ABC poll shows Biden trailing Trump by 10 percentage points at this early early stage of the election cycle. Although the sizable margin of Trump's lead in this survey is significantly at odds with other public polls that show the general election contest a virtual dead heat. The difference between this poll and others, as well as the unusual makeup of Trump's and Biden's coalitions in this survey, suggests it is probably an outlier. Our poll, number one, so then your polls are worthless. If you're right, you know, our poll, don't rely on a poll. Our poll's unreliable. It's an unreliable poll. Because, well, why? Because it shows Trump winning. <laughs> there are the polls that don't show Trump. Well why, well, why are you taking a poll and then telling us, oh, by the way, the, the, the results are wrong. And all you're doing then is you're totally discrediting polls, which is actually uh, uh, true. In, except in this case, I, I, I really suspect when it's a poll that's a mainstream media poll and they have Trump with this big a lead, I, that, that I have that is more credibility because it's not biased. It's going against their bias. The, the reality, Trump, Trump probably has a 15 or 18 point lead. 
because because the country is waking up and realizing how much of a disaster Biden is. And maybe Trump's not so bad after all. Maybe we can deal with the stock market rallying and the economy surging after all and and the border being shut. Maybe that wasn't uh, as bad as everybody said. And, and the mean tweets. All right, finally, Fauci's net worth surged during the pandemic by $5 million. At the end of 2021, um, Fauci's net worth was $12.6 million. That was up from $7.6 million a year before, about a year before, pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, Fauci's net worth, $7.5 million. At the end of 2021, $12.6 million. Gee, a lot of people did not do it. Maybe Fauci was stealing PPP loans. Maybe he was uh, partaking in fraud. No, he didn't need to because he was just getting paid off by the drug companies. And, and they don't release it. They literally do not release the information of the um, royalties that uh, people like Fauci and others get. Government. How do they, how do they even allow to get royalties from drug companies? It's, it's just it's obscene. It's just it's despicable. Uh, $5 million increase in Fauci's household net worth during the pandemic. Well, good for him. That's going to do it for today. A good night, everybody. And we will see you next time.